the frying pan. And into the fire. Run. Run! Hello and welcome to episode zero of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-earth strategy battle game podcast. So unexpected, it could be a party of 13 dwarves. My name's Stuart and I'm here with Dan and Sam. Hello. Hello. Um, And we're here to ramble and just generally uh, bore you for the next half an hour, hour or so. So poor people with SBG talk. Let's just clarify that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe. We uh, we may go off off on on different topics sometimes. It's uh, wouldn't be unheard of. So I think before we um, get into rambling, we sort of talk a little bit about what we want to do with this podcast. We're obviously uh, a new SBG podcast. There's a couple out there already, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, we are all fairly new to the game. Um, I think I've been playing for just under a year now. Um, um, Dan and, and Sam for a little bit less. Um, so we're not we're not sort of major tournament goers. We're not sort of meta players. So if you're you're a really experienced gamer, you may notice some holes in our knowledge. Um, so we make apologies for that, and also we don't make apologies for that all at the same time. Um, we, this is going to be more of a kind of a, a relaxed magazine style show where we kind of one show we might be talking about law uh, next show we might be talking about um, hobby and painting we're all into sort of all aspects of gaming uh, another show we might be talking about a new release um, and just sort of just general community chit chat including sort of narrative stuff as well so a real real mix um, and then we'll get some some experts on as well as interviewees for, uh, for, for for stuff that maybe we don't know as much about, at least in the short term, until we kind of get our our knowledge levels up. Um, so, guys, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? So, it's a little bit of a ramble, but um, so Dan, what did you uh, what do you think the show is going to be about? What what did you want to get from it? Well, it's uh, predominantly going to be boundless enthusiasm backed up by getting in subject matter experts, I'd say. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, well, we, rightly as you said, uh, you, you being the veteran among us with your whole year's experience, and <laughs> I've, I've been dabbling, to be honest, um, for only for a short while, uh, although obviously I've been to Tolkien for as long as I can remember, and etc. And I, I did time in a, in a store once at GW, and obviously that involved lord of the rings but i've been out of it for a long time so uh, my, my knowledge is more based on experience and uh, general knowledge of tolkien than it is on uh, the contents of the books yeah absolutely uh, we're all experienced gamers as well and, and as we talk mm. a little bit more in the podcast we talk about ourselves for a few minutes not too much not too narcissistic but we're, we're all experienced gamers we're not we're not new to um um gaming as a whole um and two of us aren't new to podcasting either um and that will come out as well so we, you know we, we've got some credibility but it's just a, a game that's really really struck us um in the recent year or months or so that we, we thought we just had to do a podcast to talk about sam what about, what about yourself yeah i think it's pretty spot on it's going to be i think the easiest way to describe it is it's going to be three friends who are passionate in different ways about something that i think has I think the word the term touched a lot of people is probably the wrong term. <laughs> I think I think Middle Earth as a whole grabs a lot of people in lots of different ways and hopefully this podcast will portray that quite well. Yeah, yeah. I I, I hope so. I hope so. And it's by covering many dif- different aspects yes it does cover the cracks for some of the, the knowledge areas we might not have for certain things <laughs> but but it but it does give us the opportunity to just really be 
Tolkien focused, be rings focused. Yes, it's mm. from a from an aspect of collecting toy soldiers um, f- from that from that world, um, painting and playing games and other things. But you know, we will disappear off into other things. I'm pretty sure that we'll be talking about the Amazon series when it comes out. We will talk about films. We may even do episodes where the main topic is dissecting a film or, or comparing it to a, for a book or something. So it won't all be won't all be just SPG. Um, but it would be wrong just to call it a Lord of the Rings general podcast as well because there'd be all kinds of people wondering why they weren't having in-depth knowledge of um, the law or when listening to people talking about toy soldiers so it is an SPG cast but we will definitely branch out into um, anything connected with with Lord of the Rings Um, Oh absolutely and on that note actually uh, apologies to anyone in advance if we mispronounce your particular bent on any particular names or places within uh, Arda (laughs) trying to work out how to make about uh, some Celeborn Celeborn depends which way you go with that so you just have to bear with us it it can get confusing perfect example of that is the Lego Batman movie for some reason pronounce it Sauron rather than Sauron and I think that that's that's just and it's pronounced by James Jermaine Clement as well who is friends with Brett McKenzie who is in Lord of the Rings so mm, I've not seen the Lego one actually it's not it's, it's not free on Netflix at the moment so that's probably why I haven't seen it it's on sorry this is obviously this is tangent number one it's, it's on, <laughs> it's it's on Amazon Prime is it oh, have I missed that weird okay um well i will be watching that later probably depending on how late this goes um i'll make uh, make my four-year-old watch it he loves all things lego and all things nerd so um that'll be another in um to get him, get, get him on the the route to nerd them well trained well definitely so just before we before we have a break and, st- and come back and talk about um ourselves <laughs> I can't really put it in any other way, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about the, the format of the, of the normal show. So this is an episode zero, so it won't be the same as, as what a normal format will be. The normal format will, will generally be a, um, a catch-up at the beginning, which we'll call Many Meetings. And we will talk about news and releases and rumours and what we've all been up to individually in the period since we last talked um, um, about our own hobby. So what we've been building, what games we've played, just have a real kind of sit around and chat. Um, and then we'll also have, generally have a main segment. Sometimes we might have a secondary one as well, but the main segment may well be a book review. War and, when when Robert War and Rohan comes out, I'm sure we'll talk about that as a main segment. So that will be the general format of the show, hopefully kind of an hour to 90 minutes long. Um things may change i mean this is best laid plans and all that um but that's that's what kind of what we're looking at for the future so please don't judge us just on this episode zero one oh, they just talked about themselves for half an hour this is not really what i wanted from from episode one it will will be a little bit different you guys got anything to add before we go for a break nope no no fantastic well we'll catch you on the other side of this break guys Incom Gaming, the new centre for tabletop wargaming in Gloucestershire. Visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs. We stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the UK. Market-leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu. Visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield. Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk. Incom Gaming. Come game, shop, drink. Hello and welcome back. So... 
you've just been confused by an advert. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of background on it. So Incon Gaming is a local store to me. I live in Cheltenham and um, they sponsor another podcast I do. I won't go into too much more detail about that now, but that's why that advert is there. Um, hopefully they will come on board and sponsor us fully, but I wanted to give um, give them a, a, a bit of a shout out in this episode. So we are going to talk a little bit about ourselves, and I mean not for very long at all, sort of five minutes or so each, just giving us a bit of a, giving you guys a bit of a background on who we are. Um, some of you know who we are probably, because you've come across from listening to us from, from another podcast or something, but um, um, this will give you, those of you who don't know, a little bit of a background and understanding about what, you know, what our hobby credentials may be. So to start us off, uh, Sam is going to talk about himself. Yeah, I am. Something I'm exceedingly good at, apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I have been doing the hobby since 99. Um, back when Mordeheim first came out was probably the easiest way to pinpoint that one. Um, and over the years, I've been on and off with the projects. But the main thing that I do is I play Heresy and I play Blood Bowl. And I now play SBG. Uh, and anybody who knows me knows that I have a massive affinity for Halflings, which will come in uh, the next segment, no doubt. But um, yeah, um, I'm, I like to think of myself as someone who's easy to uh, get along with. But I, th- I, th- I think I think the main it thing is it's I like speed dating. Walk, it's not speed dating. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> long walks along the beach. Uh, I am a Virgo, for those who are asking. And um, yeah, um, outside of this podcast, I do another podcast with my friend Phil, uh, which is called A Proper Narcissist Podcast, which is a D&D meets the Archers podcast, uh, which is quite new on its feet as it goes. Uh, but if you want to hear me doing voices and uh, trying to be funny whilst writing them, then uh, you, you can listen to that at A Proper Narcissist Podcast or APNP, as we call it. Um, social media i mean if you want to catch what i'm up to for miniature painting you can get me uh, at emperors underscore path which is my old youtube channel uh, and you can get hold of me on twitter or at apn pod that's apn pod on fantastic and you um you used to do a heresy podcast as well and you basically you've done loads of this stuff before <laughs> Yeah, basically, I just like the sound of my own voice, which uh, I think the sheer amount of podcasts that I do and one that's de- completely devoted to the sound of my voice. Yeah, I, th- I think that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, I used to do a heresy podcast called uh, Unremembered Heresy with my friends Jody and Callum. Uh, that finished, sadly, a year ago, and there's been a uh, modelling podcast void ever since <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and, the, and the YouTube stuff's on hold now, is it all all done with? Is that with a... I think it's fair to say that the uh, YouTube finished, not for any any reason other than the fact that um, I was in a bike accident and just lost all my mojo for doing it. Fair enough, fair enough. It takes a lot more work as well. Editing this will be a lot shorter than I imagine than doing the video stuff that you used to have to do. Yeah, I mean, putting all those outtakes at the end of the clips is probably what took the longest, (laughs) but yeah, I'm going to pretend that it took loads of work. (laughs) You just couldn't handle the fan attention because he's so beautiful. That's the problem. (laughs) Well, the talking about outtakes, the um, the co-host on the other podcast I do, um, he, he he said to me we should do a Christmas show and just put all of the outtakes of all the funny stuff. I was like, all all of the outtakes. He's like, yeah, yeah, we still got all the old recordings. You like, you want me to like sift through like hundreds of hours of recordings, snipping out the funny bits? 
which there may not be any of, and stick them into a. It would be a lovely idea, but it would be an awful lot of work. So I can I can appreciate that. You'd all go to prison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the other know. podcast isn't. Uh, I hope this one's all clean. I hope we haven't swore without realizing. Well, the, the intention is to make this a clean cast. Um, so, so, Sam, is there anything else you want to cover before we I hand over to Dan? Other uh, than the fact that I'm really looking forward to this venture, uh, it's very different to how I've done things before. Usually, I'm under the helm in most projects that I do, so it's quite nice to be not necessarily right at the back, but uh, to not be the driving force in all of this. <laughs> Basically, I'm going to put my feet up for the next hour and see how that goes. <laughs> well, it could all go wrong. So apologies if it does. That's right. <laughs> so, so, Dan, what about yourself then? Well, um, I am the least experienced member of the, the party, so to speak, in terms of uh, podcasting or reaching out to the universe uh, through various media i.e. I've done none. Um, but uh, when it comes to the hobby, it, it's taken up quite a large chunk of my life. Uh, I started when I was about eight, eight years old. Um, to give some idea of context for those who have been into the Games Workshop hobby for a long time, uh, I played Dark Angels to begin with when they were black the first time. So um, I've been in the hobby a long time and dabbled this, that and the other throughout the years. Did used to work, as I said, for, for the company for a while and that's where I first sort of came into the with the Lord of the Rings strategy battle, or as it was, um, a bit of War of the Ring, etc. Back then as well, it was I think it was a skirmish battle system when it first took it up. Um, I fundamentally play uh, Heresy as a, as a principal uh, game, but uh, have come round to uh, SBG in the last ooh, what four five months. I'm not sure. It seems to have uh, grown exponentially over time during that, so it's somewhat uh, subsumed my other. <laughs> hobby uh interests although i do i do love to paint more than anything else so i uh more than anything i like to paint armies i quite enjoy building and creating collections it's the collector gene that uh, wonderful hook that games workshop gets into all of us to part with our <laughs> ill-gotten gains and put ourselves into abject poverty for the sake of plastic crack um <laughs> or resin so, in some cases well yeah fundamentally resin as as will come out in, the, in as it shows i i have a habit of picking the most expensive army I can lay my hands on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all, all aspects of the hobby. I, I enjoy running events. I do run uh, events, uh, pr principally through the uh, Legion of Peterborough in Peterborough, but uh, I have gone on uh, sort of jobbing holidays to uh, down to Cheltenham and uh, done stuff uh, with the uh, with Stu and the, the other half of Stu, Tom, for the, the, uh, the Junior 5 2 podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, the, you're the nice one. I'm not married to the man. <laughs> I was going to say, so. <laughs> my hobby, hobby husband. husband. Yeah. No, no, yes. just husband. <laughs> Don't tell my wife then; she won't be very happy. I think it's illegal. I think she's it? worked <laughs> it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's all aspects of hobby, really. I uh, I can't get away from it as much as I've tried over the years, and uh, it just does seem to come round for me, and uh, it does take up an awful lot of my time, uh, and Tolkien especially. Uh, I read a lot. I'm probably. Uh, the more rabid of the uh, Tolkien book readers amongst us. I'm currently working through uh, The Fall of Gondolin again, so that does take up an awful lot of my time as well. I'm really into the lore. And that takes some reading as well. Any Anything from that sort of Silmarillion kind of yeah, era, the, era um, of writing takes a bit. I've listened to them. I've not read any of those. I've read obviously read all the others, but um, I've only listened to the Silmarillion um, on audiobook, partly because of reading time. But yeah, it's definitely easier to listen to than, than read. You have to be committed to 
put the put your mental power in there to make sure you stay in the in the story. It comes from a lack of responsibilities there, to be honest with you. <laughs> and to be, I wish I had listened to them get around the whole pronunciation of the various wonderful uh, character names and places that uh, Tolkien decided to come up with. And so, again, if you hear any interesting interpretations of the pronunciation of anything from Arda, then uh, well, apologies. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> don't email us. Or no, do. no, please, please do. don't. It's fine. No. Just tell us off. We don't. We we might ignore you. We might say thank you, depending on how nice you are about it. Uh, well, yeah, if you want to spell it out phonetically for me, I'll endeavour to learn. It's always a every day's a school day. But uh, that's me in a nutshell. It's uh, it's very very heavy uh, on the old hobby throughout most of my life and recently SBG. Fantastic, fantastic. So I'm I'm a little bit older than these two. I'm um, I'm in my early forties. So um, like many people of that kind of ilk, I started I think with a with a Hero Quest box and Christmas sometime in the in the mid nineties, um, and pretty much played. Or not very well played, as most most young kids do games virtual games up to about sort of sixteen, seventeen. And I went to uni and did nothing really for a good ten years or so. Um, and after I met my wife, I kind of decided that maybe I needed a hobby um, that didn't involve going out and 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 socialising, shall we say, quite as much, a bit a little bit healthier. And um, when she decided she wasn't going to leave me for, for when I told her I liked toy soldiers, I kind of been back into it full on full on since then. And I've played a lot of stuff. I played fantasy for a few years and war machine and um most recently a horus heresy player 30k player which is the background that all, all three of us share really and that's how we how we met each other so we've been effectively narrative war gaming non-competitive war gaming for the good last sort of two or three years or so um and i do a podcast for for heresy well it used to be just heresy called the geno 52 podcast which um if you do go and check it out it isn't safe for work unlike this one um um, that's now become a sort of a general wargaming podcast as, as myself and my co-host Tom on there as our sort of gaming has changed over over the sort of last year or so as we sort of developed into playing other things. Um, I am a miniature painter as a job, um, full time. I run my own business called Miniature Realm Studio, so I'm a commissioned painter. Very lucky to be able to do that. Um, so check Miniature Realm's studio out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You'll You'll find that there. Um, you can see what kind of stuff I do. I'm not Golden Demon winning, but um, it's generally okay stuff. And uh, I do a lot of awful lot of armies, um, not just purely as a collector like um, Dan gets to, but um, because I get paid to do it and I have to. So sometimes it's good fun, sometimes it's a bit of a slog, but it's not too bad when you get paid at the end of it and you get to sit and listen to audiobooks while you work. So that's one of the reasons why I've... Um, mentioned audiobooks earlier when Dan was talking I tend to do my reading is now audiobooks while I work so I have to cram those two things either in, in at the same time which which is the best thing to do when you've got two young kids because reading time in the evenings uh, is few and far between um but other than that I won't I won't bore you any any more with with a full kind of detailed background of what games I played and what age groups you can probably guess it from my age um uh, what kind of things I may have done um right so we're going to have another little break and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about um what we've been all doing to do with SBG since we we sort of discovered the game in the last sort of year or so Lord Marshal great sir major reinforcements now visible on the left flank ah about time the wolves I see uh no sir ultramarines sir but they're wearing grey proclamator Fennec Fox message said new recruits sir no time to paint armour. 
least the Raven Guard are in black armour. Sorry, sir. That's more Ultramarines. For Empress sake, box them and find out why. Also new armour, sir. Their eye lenses are red and the bolt guns are silver. Three colours minimum, sir. What the? Get on the box now and tell them to contact Miniature Realm Studio. Miniature Realm Studio, sir? Yes, Fennec. Miniature Realm Studio offers a commission painting service, competitive rates, and a range of painting standards to suit most budgets and requirements. Yes, sir. I suppose they do say that fully painted is for closers. What does that even mean, Fennec? Uh, I don't know, sir. Miniature Realm Studio can be found on Facebook, on Twitter at Miniature Realms, on Instagram at Miniature Realm Studio, or just drop Stuart an email at miniaturelstudio at gmail.com. Hello and welcome back. So, you've heard a very small amount about us um, personally, which is, I imagine, absolutely riveting to you all. Um, honestly, the, the main shows won't be like this. We just wanted to do a little bit of a kind of a, almost like an icebreaker. If you've been in a work for a corporation or an organisation that has meetings with icebreakers and you have to talk about yourself, um, this show is, is that icebreaker, really. So you're not supposed to like it anyway, because no one likes the icebreakers at meetings. Um, so... The main section of the show is we're going to be calling the Council of Elrond. That's going to be have our main main discussion today. Our main discussion is just going to be the three of us talking about how we got into the game this year, what we've been working on, what you know, what our plans are for the future. Um, and after that, we'll wrap up the show, and you can um, you can go back to your to your normal lives, wondering why the hell you've just listened to um, three idiots talk about themselves for a, for half an hour. So, um, who wants to who wants to start off? Sam, do you want to sort of talk about your your beginnings in in SBG this year? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm if it's okay with you, I'm going to go back a little bit um, uh, about where I started because Stu knows this for sure, and I think Dan might as well. But my origins in SBG, I guess, have actually come from uh, War of the Ring. Mm-hmm. So I originally got into the Lord of the Rings game when War of the Ring came out. I was a big time lurker for when all the original stuff came out but it was a case of i was still in school and i couldn't afford that as well as space marines and stuff like that at the time (laughs) and orcs um and then war of the ring came out when i was a manager working at a well-known fast food pizza location Uh, so i had a little bit of money to spare and um war of the ring came out and i was just like this looks amazing and it was the fact that you had lord of the rings but it was on moving bases and all this sort of stuff and I was like oh sounds great I'm going to do that invested heavily into it um, and then found that there was one person locally who played it so <laughs> paint, painted as much as I could up at the time uh, which was pretty much painting all the rangers green and brown uh, and then uh, bolt gun metal on all the uh, Minas Tirith guys and um, that was sort of it and I've Ever since then, I, I'd always had a love for it because I thought, in my personal opinion, it's one of the best games that GW have ever made because it played simply. And then uh, Stu has been talking to myself and Dan in our little chat that we have off the side here um, about SBG for quite some time. And I've been sort of sitting there going, oh, I can't afford another hobby and all this. Like, <laughs> it's not really something I can, I, I don't think I can really get into. And then, um, all of a sudden, uh, he he got me at my weakness, which was he mentioned hobbits, and um, 
<laughs> Next thing I know, he's sending me all these different lists uh, that uh, that just involve right. Okay, well, there's this uh, eBay secondhand army uh, of hobbits. That if you bought this, all you'd need to do is buy this, and you can do this. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. And uh, I think it was the fact that um, you mentioned that they can all throw stones, and it was something ridiculous that he then followed up with, like, oh, if you want to make it an 800 point army, you can add in Aragorn. And I was like, oh, right, okay, sold. So. <laughs> Pull that out of me. <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm painting up. Um, I think I'm near a thousand points of hobbits, which is something I think I've got something like 120 <laughs> hobbit models. Um, That's some are, feet in a short period of time, as well, isn't it? It's a couple of months, yeah, is it? Um, is it yeah. two months? Uh, I'm gonna class it from well, we did uh, so the event we did in July, so I'm, yeah, August, it must have been beginning of August that you tempted me <laughs> I was followed it through with loads of Lord of the Rings memes being like don't tempt me and um, yeah it, it was um, it was love at first sight with the Hobbits um, I've played two games of them and really really enjoyed it and then um, a friend of mine his dad has a garage that is full to the brim with unopened uh, Lord of the Rings models from 2000 2001 and um, basically, this is where we get all to... our emails now, Sam. <laughs> and not be interested in the podcast. Like, what's he got? What can you do? Just find out what he's got. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a good point. At, at this moment, no, you can't have anything. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all been claimed. Um, and I got, I, I remember coming back from there one day and I sent Stu and Dan and Tom a picture of all the stuff I'd picked up. And they were like, oh, how much said an amount? And we were just like, Jesus. And next thing I know I've got a Rangers of Athelion army, I've got an Uruk High army um, <laughs> I've got the the Fellowship um, yeah and now I'm currently looking back at uh, massive sets of terrain, loads of pictures of Lord of the Rings stuff and all the rules books rule books and um, yeah as they say there's this history <laughs> it, I think it probably helped that you had uh, your friend locally who, who was happy to sell those things on and what what should we say what would be classed as kind of normal used war games figure prices rather than what the, the, the kind of the OOP prices that we see on eBay for some of these things I think um, it's fair to say car boot sale prices, prices. <laughs> <laughs> because I, uh, I would not have been able to get as neat as it deep in to Lord of the Rings SPG Oh, sorry, Middle Earth SPG, as I am now. Well, I've, I've I purchased a few, a few bits via you, and um, yeah, very very happy with what I got for an upcoming project, and that definitely saved me a fair few pounds on what it would have costed on eBay. So, uh, and, and some, it's not just car boot prices. End of the day, when they don't want to take it back home, car boot prices daft. <laughs> when you go into M&S at six o'clock at night and you can get a pack of cookies for twenty p, that sort of price. Yeah. <laughs> right, so. Dan, what about yourself? Well, um, my introduction to Lord of the Rings possibly not quite as rose-tinted as Sam's because uh, at the time of War of the Ring, I was staff. So as you can imagine, my uh, experience of it running millions of intro games and trying to encourage children not to glue sand to Aragorn's face is <laughs> perhaps not the best way of... Um, really. It's, it's different when it's your job. There's always that thing about... Uh, you know, doing what you love, and sometimes it can kill what you love, or it becomes something more. So, um, I, I didn't look at it for a little while afterwards, but I always did enjoy the the, the strategy battle side when you know you had a, a lesser model count and each dice roll mattered, and that's always 
stayed with me throughout my impressions of the Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or nowadays uh, Middle Earth Trashy Battle game is how each individual dice roll. While it's not necessarily made that way by the rules, each one can matter because it, they all add up to form this whole and it's a, a heavily narratively driven game and that's that bogeyman of a, a word, narrative, because it can mean totally different things to different people. Anyone involved in the heresy scene would uh, immediately pick up on that one. But it does seem to live and breathe within the, uh, you know, uh, Middle Earth, which I suppose is somewhat ironic given it's based on uh, Tolkien's narrative. But it does work out in that respect. And um, I've always had a, a sort of passing interest. I saw, you know, a lot of the models that were coming out through Forge World, some of the early Gondor stuff and the Knights of Dol Amroth. I was like, wow, they're awesome. I remember the old ridiculous metal ones with the wings big enough to put on Gua here, let alone on the side of a helmet. It's um, And the, the new ones are just stunningly beautiful and then um yeah it's, it's fairly safe to say that uh, stew's been chipping away at us for ooh, getting on for uh six months to a year i suppose because obviously it's taken up more of what stew's been interested in it's, it's been more his thing although his work involves all sorts of games and the geno 52 involves heresies he's had this more than passing interest in middle earth for getting on for some time now and he shared that with us is what he's excited about and yes i've been watching him, the armies he's been painting and going oh that's actually really nice yeah yeah it's great and then uh as it turns out uh mate locally in peterborough ben ben taylor he started painting some stuff through with his son and i thought oh it's someone local because that's always the problem with some of these things. If you've not got anyone locally, no matter how excited you are, once you get to past the point of being excited, you actually look around and you think, how many unpaint, how many painted models are we have sat in the cabin and not being used? Because Titanicus <laughs> being a very good example of this, I've had them for over a year and I've never played a game. I've never once played a game of Titanicus. And the I've probably death got of about... many Kickstarter purchase, I think, is, is one yes. of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I didn't want it to be that. So when Ben got interested, I'll, I'll you know, aside from some people may have seen around instagram the uh, hashtag infected by stew um that's a thing it's mine you can borrow it though if you want to um and that that does play an awful because stew can be very persuasive he's infectiously enthusiastic about middle earth so it, it, that's been good but his, it was the final sort of nail in that coffin to my wallet was, was ben getting into it so then i was uh, at the throne of skulls doubles in the summer or late summer and um I was just blown away by how nice the community was. Um, everyone had time to talk to you. Um, were to totally happy to, you know, answer a few questions that I had when I was walking past the games. Um, everyone seemed really chatty and friendly. It seemed very inclusive. And as you do, you're wandering past uh, Forge World and uh, the, the Games Workshop store there. And I've always had this thing for the Iron Hills from Battle Five Armies. And yeah, I thought, well, who needs money anyway? So I'll just buy the most expensive army you can possibly do for the for the game. Why not? And uh, now, I, as on Sunday, I finished my 750 points, which was was pretty cool. It's always nice to finish an army, particularly when it's your first army for a new game system. And this morning, I picked up my second army, which is uh, Lothlorien, uh, which by the whole uh, Celeborn, Celeborn, however you want to pronounce it, thing came up. I uh, put him together this morning. Metal interesting first time i've done that in about a decade <laughs> so yeah it's um it, it, a lot of it's come down from you know a bit of peer pressure friendly peer pressure and then sort of finally just everything sort of slots into place i thought ah, there's no reason not to anymore so i've just gone for it so it's uh it, yes i'm looking forward to the future with it because it definitely 
it's a really exciting game. I've played some stuff now. We're having a bit of a slow grow locally. So I'm really, really enjoying it. It's probably become my principal game recently. You've got loads of people locally into it, haven't you? Yeah, it's it's properly gone off in Peterborough, actually. Um, the Legion of Peterborough War Gamers, it's our, sort of our, our local... There is another gaming club in Peterborough, but this is the one I'm part of, and it's gone from strength to strength recently. It's It's gone for it in a big way. We're doing a 250-point slow-grow league. We're at about 750 points. Some people are less than that, but life gets in the way of everything. We're not being too strict about it. We're all getting together, enjoying ourselves, playing some good games. There's a really good mix of armies across systems. Um, my Will comes round to mine every Tuesday, and we paint, and he's working on his Kazadum. He's just finishing some Iron Guard at the moment. They're looking cracking. Um, and that's really good because he's really pushed his painting with this. Doing this um, uh, Kazadum army's really pushed his painting. And mine's pushed along with it. It's maybe paint clean for once because I paint very gritty, dirty, battle damage heresy. So painting just clean has been really, really fun. So it encourages me to sort of sit outside of my normal comfort zone. So I've been really enjoying that. It's a real change in direction, isn't it? And then something we'll probably do a segment mm. on at some point and the differences that we found found from sort of... Obviously, I paint lots of different stuff for work, but um, I, I would still say 50% of my work was would, was, would be heresy-based armies because people a lot of people know me through that. Um, so yes, I think it will be a good chat one day to have a show of a bit of a painting chat and the, and the different approaches that we've taken maybe. So tiny eyes <laughs> tiny 25 millimeter true scale eyes <laughs> you definitely need a different approach on that especially with the iron heels when they're you got to work out whether you can actually see the eyes or whether they're below the rim of the uh, the helmets as well they're a bit of a nightmare definitely sorry i've cut you off there i just made a comment i don't know if i was cutting you off before you'd finished no talking. not at all i think everyone's probably sick to death here and met me already <laughs> not at all not at all i'd just like to add this infected by stew thing i've not actually asked any of you to play this game i just it was all very much kind of oh look what i've done look at this picture this this and i think you've all been there uh, <laughs> it's gonna sound it's gonna sound wrong infected willfully <laughs> does that work <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, self, it's a it's, it's an own goal that one. It's self inflicted wound. I think we've done to ourselves. So I'm unfortunately, uh, I'm a victim of my own magpies, and I wanted the shiny army. So I've, I've done that to myself. I can't argue with anyone else on that one. So I think I think it's very much worth saying about how what sold me on it was when we last all met up together. How passionate you were talking about SBG in person, mm-hmm. and that was probably the main swing for me, because obviously you and I talked about it, and you said, "Oh, actually, it's not that different from what I know of War of the Ring and stuff," and just how passionate you were about it. I think that's what a lot of people mean by the whole infected by Stu, and I deliberately didn't say it because I know it's Dan's thing. <laughs> but but... I, I don't know how it's become that, but it's um no, it, no I think you, it's own a... it. you own it, young man. Oh, oh, yeah, fair enough. But it is it is an indication of just how much it's struck us all and yeah. how easy it's been to pass on that passion. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of a group within a group, isn't it? It's kind of there's yeah. the, the people within, mainly people from the heresy community who've um, obviously had a bit of a side interest in this anyway, maybe. It might just be through the films that have listen to me talking on the other podcast or in person about it and slowly it's kind of spread but you, you know you've grown that that peterborough the group yourself really and as you've got more people playing there potentially than we have as a local scene here and we've got established local scene as i'll talk about a little bit in, a little bit later but you've done an awful lot in a very very short uh, sort of period of time you could probably run your own local event there and get 20 people couldn't you there's got to be that many or something. Yeah, let's not let's not Tempt fate. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's but that's but that's a that's a strong scene. It might be a young scene. Mm-hmm. 
but it's a lot of it. There'll be people listening to this, if people listen to this, but there'll be people listening to this that are thinking, well, I'm struggling to find two or three people in my local club that play this game. And they maybe travel to events to get their games. To For there to be kind of up to 20 people locally that, that play it, and maybe each club night, maybe you've got four or five, six games going on at the moment. I know it's, it's still yes. the fresh thing at the moment, and that might die off a little bit. There's still a significant amount of people. Yeah, it's played every... Because we, we meet every fortnight. There's at least one game every um every meeting we have yeah. um, i think it speaks to there's an awful lot of people who've always been very interested in talking it's between you know we're all hobbyists we're all if you know for lack of a better word we're geeks and a lot of us have, have had talking in part of our lives it's mainstream as well obviously lord yeah. of the rings movies the the hobbit movies it, it, it's part of almost the, the the social consciousness now i mean Peter Jackson's trilogy, particularly the Lord of the Rings ones, it's so ingrained in cinema now. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it it's a touch point for so many people where you wouldn't necessarily identify with the Space Marine. Everyone knows who Aragorn is. Um, so it's been very and to be honest, the, the game system itself lends itself so wonderfully because it's so easy to pick up, incredibly difficult to master. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff that goes on in some of the other podcasts that people talk about, and even some of the stuff in the rulebook to begin with, I was like, wow. But the basic game system and the ability to get infused and feel engaged with the game mm-hmm. from a very early point is that's how it grows so exponentially because you just show someone, you go, here's some models of mine, let's play a couple of, and they're like, that's really easy. Like, yeah. yeah, crack on. And then the basic boxes of plastic aren't incredible. It's not expensive. No, It's no. a really, really low threshold to get involved in this game, which is another fantastic thing, which is why it can grow so quickly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, the game scales really well. So you can you can play a narrative scenario with just a handful of models with a couple of heroes, or you can play a massive 800 or a, or a thousand point game, which is closer to a big tabletop battle rather than a skirmish. You can play a competitive um, GBHL 100 point event where it's you know very much list built around being competitive. That might be Red Alliances, or you can pick a scenario out of out of the books and play a scene from the film within a handful mm. of models, and it and it works equally as well. I think it's it scales very very well. Normally, when a skirmish game, which is essentially what this was designed as, and normally when they scale and they start to grow and they start to get a bit of bloat, they start to fall down. You saw that with um, with with forty k at times started a skirmish game, and when it got to the stage where you got sixty seventy models on the table, it plays differently. But this this plays differently, but it still works. I mean, it's, mm. it's it's definitely easier to pick up. I've um, my oldest is, is five in a couple of weeks time and he's interested in, in toy soldiers four soldiers he's not interested in playing games yet but I'll always be looking at games that I can get him into gaming with um, and if you scale back the rules just as the opposed dice um, you can you can the basics of this system is very easy to layer and, and bring someone very very inexperienced in you just so well, we're both rolling dice the person that scores the highest wins wins that fight and that's the, the essentials of it break it down you can leave all your heroics out and you can add in the stat lines and you can just do stuff bit by bit so you can really strip it back and it still works well so um yeah i think um i think it's definitely a very well-aged rule set and it seems to be at the moment in a very 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 good place with its latest edition yes very much so polished would be the. i remember it of old and it's mm. definitely much more the the sort of the, the theme and the uh, the heart of it's still there but it's very slick now definitely 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 right then so myself so we, you've you've probably heard hints of it a little bit when when sam and dan spoke so it was probably not long after this time last year probably september last year when the new edition came out that i started looking at it and thinking 
oh, I really love Lord of the Rings. How am I going to be able to ignore it this time round? Because time is time is time is precious, and uh, I play Heresy, and um, I do a podcast for Heresy, and have I really got time to to put my kind of you know stick some stick some real serious time into playing another game? I've Lord of the Rings and Tolkien has been my biggest biggest nerd passion forever. I think my mum read me The Hobbit when I was about six. I watched the Bashki film. Um, I read, first read Lord of the Rings when I was about eleven or twelve, um, and um, and when the films came out, that was you know, much more excitement. So, like many Tolkien enthusiasts, I'm a big time Tolkien fan. And the fact that I didn't play the war game was a little bit weird, really, because it didn't exist and I wasn't playing it. Um, I don't know why it was, and I think some of that might have been down to the people I I knew who I war game with didn't play it, and um, sometimes it's a bit, sort of a big big commitment to start a new game and find a new group of people um i'd owned editions before i'd only first edition um when i wasn't gaming so i mentioned a time when i was at uni and there's a big gap when i didn't game i remember i was sharing a house with friends and they weren't into gaming as far as i knew and i would have been nervous telling them that i used to play with toy soldiers i remember buying the game in games workshop in worcester many many years ago sticking it in a bag before anyone saw me there's no way i'd have walked through town with the the games workshop bag it's terrible really it wouldn't be it doesn't bother me now but um hiding it under my bed and reading it wishing i could play it and thinking i will one day but of course i didn't i was in my mid-20s in a shared house with um people that were interested in other things um so it, it remained hidden and actually got thrown in the boom um i know it's terrible now terrible i'd love to have it back again but and i've I've bought other editions as well i bought the previous edition to this one i think i had another one before that as well and i just bought the book thinking i might get into it um and just never really got around to sort of buying miniatures and painting them actually getting them on the table so i had a few false starts um so the new edition came out i've been looking at it and been looking at it and then december last year i decided that's it i'm gonna i'm gonna do it so I miss messaged um, Jeremy from the, the Green Dragon podcast. So Jeremy used to, I think he still does, listen to my other podcast, the Geno 5 podcast. And he helped help myself and Tom out at an event we were doing by fixing a spreadsheet we had. Um, so we communicated a little bit. So I thought, who should I ask about the game? I want to do a, I want to need some help with initial lists to, to price it all up. Who should I do? So I sent him a message um, and said, I want to play Survivors of the Lake Town. Um, I'm more of a Lord of the Rings than Hobbit fan, but I wanted some models that are a little bit slightly newer sculpts than some of the old plastics to start with. What would you do as a starter? I really, really, really want to get Bilbo in there, like the model, blah, blah, blah. I want to get Gandalf in there. So he, he set me back about seven lists. Um, so I had had all these plans, bought it all. Um, and then just after Christmas, I signed up for an event in Cheltenham. I live in Gloucester, um, so it's like right next door to us. I signed up for an event run by Mel, um, in Cheltenham at Incon Gaming, it's a sort of a rent he runs every year. I think it's a 28 people, 80 point GBHL event. I thought, right, I'm going to sign up for it, and that will force me to paint the army and learn the game. Um, and that was sort of the end of Jan. Um, I managed to paint my army in time. I got two practice games in beforehand, but my, my fourth, fifth, sixth, um, fourth, fourth, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth games were actually at the event itself totally hooked that was it then i knew that i was in trouble i knew that this was going to come uh, a game that was was a major as as heresy if not bigger um and and probably since then i've done a lot more um spg gaming than anything else in fact i've probably only done spg gaming um um so i've, I've painted up so i've got a good 800 odd points of um survivors of late time painted up in fact i've got everything that's in the range painted up 
done finished um and then after that i um i started work on a army of thraw i wanted i was going to another event and i wanted to take something slightly different um i have I done another event since I've done three events in total. So yeah, I wanted to do something different to it for, for my second event. I didn't want to take my survivors late turn again. And I knew I had some Grim Hammers knocking around in a box um, from an old eBay buy. So I picked up these Grim Hammers and I thought, oh, hang on a minute, if I ally them with Oh, actually, I had some Iron Hills I forgot I bought as well. I had a, bought some a, a small wall band of Iron Hills of a friend who was selling them who wasn't into the game anymore. I thought, oh, I can ally those. What do I need? Oh, if I buy Thraw, I only need to buy one miniature. And I could do a 600-point list. And then that turned into, actually, now I've painted them, I just want to do pure Thraw. Um, so I ended up with, well, I probably got about seven, 800 points worth of Army of Thraw now. Uh, again, painted everything in the range that's that's not OOP at the moment. I've converted um, Young Balin, Dwalin, and, and Thorin. Um, and along with my Iron Hills Warband, um, sort of two and a half armies in, um, I did Army of the Dead actually. I had all the Army of the Dead out the starter box because I was so quick. I gave myself a bit of a challenge. Did them about six or seven hours. Um, so they're sitting on a shelf as well. So technically, technically, I suppose I've got three and a half armies. Um, and I'm currently finishing off some Iron Hills for an Iron Hills and and Thraw Alliance for Throne of Skulls. Um, so I've, I've done quite a lot in a in a short space of time, at least in terms of getting armies painted. Um, I've um, been to three events now. Most of my games have been at events, but been done three events. Picked up some best painted awards, which is really cool. Um, I think um, I've done a small event in Worcester, and I did one at um, in, in Bristol at Big um, called Cultimoria, runs by the, um, the the Guardians of Wiltshire. So um, I think people in the scene will know those guys. Really good events. So I've had loads of fun with it. I can't wait to go to Throne of Skulls. Never never done a Warhammer World event. Um, really looking forward to it. I'm getting a bit scared now because I've got a month and I've Don't not been it. working on it. So I really need to do a display board. Um, so yeah, so I've got uh, I've got a blister I built today to paint, and I've got to paint um, um, Dane and probably another war band, and then work on my display board. So this, there is time, but it's just a lot of my painting time is taken up obviously by work, so what I do for a living. And then I've got a, um, a seven-month-old baby and a needy five-year-old, so a lot of my evenings are taken up by, I don't know, feeding, putting one of them back in bed, and then will the other ones wet himself. And you know, anyone with, par- anyone with kids will know the the joys of, of of parenting young kids and the how how much of a drain they are on your free time in the evenings and things. But um, I should be able to get that stuff painted in time because I'm quite good at painting quickly from what I do as a living. But um, um. I don't think there's much else to say really other than I'm, other than I'm fully into this game I'm, I'm doing an event next year which I won't talk about in detail in this in this first podcast but um, I'm doing an event running at Incon Gaming in, in Cheltenham next year in March um, that's a doubles event so I'm in the middle of planning that as well so that's how much the game's caught me that I'm not only playing events but I'm also decided to run one um, and that's it really that's my in a, in a nutshell and hopefully not too many minutes that's my sort of SBG for this year um, has anyone else got anything they want to add for um... no I'm just still sore I couldn't get I couldn't go to doubles <laughs> worst thing is I'll actually be there <laughs> that's the worst thing <laughs> looking from afar just sitting there sad right we'll just go to a break and then we'll come back and close the show down
welcome back. Um, we won't keep you much longer now. So just here to really close out the show and give a few shout outs and uh, give a few sort of um, links to any social media and things we might have. If you want us to shout out um, events and things, please just get in contact with us um, via the stuff that I'm going to talk about a bit later. But get in contact with us and we will shout out your events, etc., etc., your blogs, your YouTube channels and things at this part of the show. So um, uh, before I do all of that, though, so um, I'm going to pass you over to the other guys to, to, to give their own sort of shout out. So Sam, Sam, what do, who do you want to uh, who do you want to call out at the end of the show? Um, for me, um, uh, I'd like to basically thank Haven't Wargaming, which is my local club, um, because I said I wanted to do Lord of the Rings and there was already a massive community of SPG people who were willing to help me out so um, I was very lucky that I didn't really have to do anything for that I'm known at the club as the 30k player like that if there's a new 30k player they'd send them my way so it was quite nice for me being able to do what the equivalent with SPG that people do for me for 30k um, and my, my last thing is um, yeah, if you can check out my other podcast, a proper sister, a proper narcissist podcast, uh, APNP, uh, that'd be great. It's very funny. It's not safe for work though, so don't put it in, on in the car with your kids. Oh, oh no, <laughs> definitely not safe for work. <laughs> people of a weak disposition. I, I don't know when this is coming out, but th- this this might age it or not. But this Friday is our last pre-recorded episode that we've done and it's my favourite so I, I, I'm, I'm just putting that one out there I don't know what other people will think but I think it's great I'm looking forward to it but the last one was my favourite actually number four was definitely my favourite so you could tell as you guys you recorded it all of the sort of the similar time didn't you you could tell you guys are kind of warming up and getting into it which hopefully we will as we do more of these but um, it was yeah, the last one was definitely my favourite but I won't spoil it why and let people go and find out why okay so Dan, who would you like to, uh, or do you have any well, shout a few people. Um First of all, Alex Wanless, aka Winless. He's the uh, basically the man in charge of Legion of Peterborough. He's picked up the reins because we had to re-establish uh, sort of in the last 12 months, and he's done a lot for us, and so I want to give him a real shout-out because if he hadn't put the, the graft in and done a lot of organising in the background, we wouldn't have somewhere to play at. So no matter how many people we've managed to get into uh, SBG, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have somewhere to play. So top job Alex I uh, do appreciate that obviously another shout out to uh, Ben Taylor because uh, if if he hadn't have uh, got into it as well there's no way I'd have been the bullet because I wouldn't have risked the money so uh, top man also um, Chris manager of our local GW in Peterborough um, although obviously uh, GW has not really covered the Lord of the Rings within the stores for a long time he's he's always had time to chat to me and given time and, and offered advice so He's a good man for that, so thank you very much, mate. And um, also to Harry Fermentmoot and the guys at the Green Dragon, because uh, a lot of walks to work have been made a lot easier by your <laughs> podcast. And I've learned lots as well. Probably too much in respect to uh, some of the tactics that come out of the Green Dragon. So um, cheers for that, guys. You've you've made a lot of uh, sort of winter walks and stuff a lot better to put up with. <laughs> the last show was really good for that as well. <clears throat> he says, oh, yeah. They, um, yeah, I, I've been a long time listener to. Um, the green dragon but i said i've been kind of keeping an eye on the game for a while i've probably listened to been listening to them for the last two or so years um uh, plant here on youtube as well on the gphl youtube channel i've been i've been watching that for 
for a couple of years. So I've always had an eye on this game. So um, definitely shout outs to those, even though Palantir doesn't. They're a bit busy, these guys now. I don't think they've had a shout out for quite a while. We've been waiting on episode 100, like most of the the, the SPG community for a very long time. But I know yeah. those guys are busy producing the SPG magazine, which is also fantastic. Actually, on that note, um, Ollie at Broadsword on YouTube, um, Broadsword Wargaming, his latest content's been really good quality. So uh, fair play to you, mate. Cheers for that. Yeah, I watched that one as well recently. Um, it's got Harry on there, isn't it, from Entmoot? So, um, and I don't know the other guy's name. I want to say Jack. Sorry if it's I not. I can't remember. Name. Um, but it was really well done, really well presented. Um, um, battle report. Battle reports can either be brilliant or they can be a little bit kind of. Ooh. Um, and I enjoyed watching it. It was about the right length without kind of, you know, you start glazing over and wondering what's happening. So, um, yeah, really, really impressed with that. Um, so what was this? Was I started to interrupt you and say, yeah, Plantier watched it. Been watching it for years. Um, I also really love Zorpa Zorp, fantastic channel for terrain and for battle reports. Um, Fail Charge Games from New Zealand as well. Really, really good battle reports. Really, there's a few, quite a few others I watch as well from the guys in Canada and stuff. So there's a lot of good content out there. Seems to be a lot of it YouTube based. Um, Heresy is completely different, isn't it? We're used to having more Heresy podcasts than there are Heresy players almost, and few, very few, um, sort of focused YouTube channels. Some very good ones, but very few focused on heresy whereas it seems to be the completely opposite way around for for spg whereas most of the sort of social media traffic is is over on youtube and uh, um the podcast up until till Entmoot came along there was just pretty much just green dragon for, for what seems like forever so um we're um we're lowering the tone and the quality of spg chats uh, by becoming <laughs> a, a, a another audio only um audio only podcast but yeah definitely check any of those those things out um so we do have a facebook page um so please go and and, and find it you probably clicked on a link that was being shared from it so you may have, you might be seen it that way but um it's jim oh if you um search for out of the frying pan you should be able to find this or ootfp podcast and there's a group as well and where you can sort of join and chat. The actual page will just be sort of show releases and announcements and things. The group, hopefully some people will join in and, and join us with some, some hobby chatter and things. Um, we have an Instagram as well, which is OOTFP podcast. This doesn't sound as good now. Now I'm reading it out. It doesn't read out very well at all. And, and a Twitter at OOTFP as well. Um, so do check us out on social media. That stuff's all set up because, well, I've been doing another podcast for a few years, so it seemed like the natural thing to do straight away. I'm pretty sure it didn't happen like that when I, when I started the, the Gino. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us at ootfppodcast at gmail.com as well. There will be links to those in the show notes and the shows will be timestamped. So if you want to skip certain sections, then you, you can. If you don't like listening to us talking about our hobby catch-ups and things, you just fancy, I'll oh, fancy listening to that section or more of the ring or where it happens to be. Um, click on it and, and away you go. But um, other than that, we will leave you um, and uh, to, to your peace. And thanks for listening. And check out um, episode one, which will be at the same time as this one. Um, and that's going to be much more of a regular show with proper content rather than just talking about ourselves. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.